Where we last left off, the party had been transported to what seemed to be a mirror world of Egadon. Some things were familiar, some things were not. Erlandir, Vamok, Mick, Brynir, Val, Kelnies, and Cad were together for a short time before Cad departed on his own. And with the help of a Talic man named Dominique, the party was able to teleport away from danger, but only to land in a new unknown predicament as they tried to take refuge in the kin capital city of Udelo, finding only ruins. They were confronted by a strange individual, one who seemed all too familiar, wearing the mask and armor of their deceased friend, Reese. However, this being called himself Adavir, and upon his request, or threat rather, the party went with him to take audience with the queen goddess. Everyone had joined hands, and then Adavir had said an incantation, transporting all of you to a different place. It's almost a one-to-one -one comparison, from where you went to where you arrive. A large stone courtyard, majestic walls and ornate houses, architecture of the highest order all around you, but this not in disrepair, but in pristine upkeep. The surroundings aren't entirely familiar, but you do see ranges of mountains, possibly to the north and to the east, past these city's walls. And just behind you is a large cathedral-like structure that towers above all else in the vicinity. Adavir is already walking toward this structure as the doors swing open, pulled by a set of a dozen armored guards, and he simply beckons for you all to follow, not waiting for a response. Relander follows in suit. Yeah, Dominique is incredibly overwhelmed, um, and he was going to dumbly go along with whatever happens, uh, presuming it's not like someone killing someone else. He's just <laughs> eyes wide, shocked. Is there anything of note or different about the armor that these armored guards are wearing? Anything indicating as far as like where they might be? Or It does seem to be in a style similar to that of Adavir. Okay. So it isn't entirely reminiscent of any particular human kingdom that you've encountered so far in the fell. That will follow. Mick will follow as well to take in the surrounding as he does. Vamok silently follows. Does it look like we're heading towards like like a big room? Some sort of like a council room or something like that? You are in a pretty intense entrance hall. Very high ceilings, large pillars lining the walkway. You could be going to a chapel, honestly, is what it looks like. Part of an enormous cathedral. But judging by the number of armed guards, this probably isn't a church. Does there seem to be a lot of symbolic type stuff? Not, not, not like overtly religious, but things that would indicate, you know, somebody's drinking, got, getting drunk off their own wine, as it were. There are absolutely... <laughs> No markings, edifices, effigies, busts, sculptures, paintings, pictures, honestly anything that would denote any sort of reverence to a person or a thing. There's no symbology whatsoever. Adavir opens another set of doors at the terminal end of this hall, about half the size of the enormous entrance that you walked through, into a small antechamber. And there, he does turn to all of you in turn and says you will wait here until summoned do not speak to anyone unless spoken to that is your only warning and then he continues onward 
through another smaller set of double doors into a much, much larger chamber beyond that you only get a small, slight glimpse of, and you're left alone. Calnias, who had followed you all quite silently, now starts padding around the perimeter of the room, checking the corners, running her hand along the walls and such. I will telepathic bond all of us again. Sweet. So, Rolandir looks nothing like Reese, right? Probably the only people who recognize this as Reese are Rolandir, Vamok, Mick, and Val. Kelnias knew Reese. Yes, she did. Val, Val will ping the, the telepathic channel and say, uh, we can talk here now. Ugh, finally. Okay, pull on the room. Was I as big of a dick as that guy was? <laughs> Bigger. <laughs> I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> you say that as if you are not a dick now. Got some shots fired from Val. <laughs> Rolander just kind of shoots you this look of like... <laughs> Initial insult, but then it kind of settles to acceptance. <laughs> Regardless, am I the only one finding this at all a bit strange? No, definitely not. Dominique turns to Rolander and he says, Do you know him? I, I guess you could say that, yes. You speak with a familiarity, and I thought you all were not from here, just like me. Well, we're not, but didn't you say something... I'm sorry. Was he one of those beings you were speaking of earlier? Yes, if I remember correctly, Adever is one of them. I'm, I'm sorry, I never met them. I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed, to be honest. I didn't realize that. I, I don't know, you know. I, I You hear that the gods walk among us, and then you see a god in front of you, and it is <laughs> a different thing. But yes, he is a god, I guess. Well, we'll see about that. A question about these whisperings that you heard of, or people speaking about these beings. Do they speak of them as if they had always been? Or is it something maybe of a new happening to have them be walking around? Or is that all that people have ever known? This is all anyone here has ever known. It is eternal. They are good. As good as people can be, you know. It's been... Forever, they have ruled this world. They have walked among everyone. As far as I know, no one even speaks of them as anything but eternal kings and rulers. All right. Well, it sounds like... Hear me out here. This is some strange alternative. Perhaps future, perhaps parallel reality to what we were living. Where, I guess, Luna has become the queen goddess? I, I don't know. I, I hope we're being introduced to her soon, but I don't quite know what to say. Does this surprise you? It's more startling, I guess, to see it in reality. Yes. This, as far as I can tell, is the logical conclusion of our quest. Suppose we kill the gods. Where do you think their power goes? That it goes to the grave with them? No. Someone must be there to wield it. And I do not know if any of us would trust another to take such power upon themselves. But we haven't completed our quest yet. We haven't killed any gods. And that's not how intent works. You can't exist with a different 
temporal version of yourself. It's just not possible. I do not know all the ins and outs of traveling between various dimensions. All I am saying is that if we are to return to where we came from and continue on in our path, the outcome may not be so different than this. I'm simply asking, is any of this real? Case in point, let's say we do something a bit reckless, as we're wont to do. Are the consequences really going to be that dire? Dominic, you're not from this world either, you said. Or rather, you remember the old Egadon, yes? I do. You said they had different names for the fell folk and the tales and such. Mm -hmm. Yes, the divisions are the same, but the names are different. Here I am Ember, there I am Talik. You are Coldborn among these people. Semantics all, but my point simply is, perhaps this is just some grand illusion. What if we never left the Twilight Eternal? Then, and now pointing at Dominic, who is this? Is, is this man here even real, or is he perhaps just some figment of our own minds to ground us and prevent us from trying to do anything too rash while whatever beings it is that have put us here toy with us? Tell us, Dominic, have you met others such as yourself or us? Ones who remember the old Egadon. Uh, have I met? No, I have not met any others, but I have heard of them. It's actually one of the reasons I came to where I found you all. I had heard that people there had been appearing, though you are the first that I could confirm, in fact, remember. Some of those who I thought might be from away, they did not remember the things that I did. They did not remember what happened. You didn't kill your son, did you? No, I'm 17. I've never even had a girlfriend. Have to ask. Well, whether you're real or not, Dominic, Realinder says, kind of putting a hand on, on his shoulder. <laughs> I'm glad to have you with us. You are pleasant company. But that still doesn't quite answer our question of how we are going to get out of here or what we are going to do when eventually we are brought in front of Luna, who is the apparent queen goddess, I believe, uh, whatever that other me called her, I doubt she's going to remember us. Then why don't we just ask her to send us back? Wait, that was you? And what do you mean that I am not real? I am as as real as you are. What, what is real? How can I not be? I Before we go down this philosophical by roads, perhaps we should gather more information before making a decision. I agree, Val. <laughs> I think that we should speak to Luna. Dominic starts looking faint and he finds a lounging couch where he lights a cigarette to lean back. <laughs> <laughs> what I is reality? Rolander smacks it out of his hand. Okay, look of you. <laughs> All right then, Val. How do you propose we go about gathering this information? I suppose we can wait until someone fetches us and talk with them and ask questions, but it would be beneficial to have some sort of advantage before going in. What kind of advantage can we have over a goddess we know nothing about? Also, we're assuming that she means us harm. Perhaps she means to help us. Perhaps that's all we need to do is speak to her. I will be honest, I do not know this uh, Lunavra. I've never met her, never met any of them. But her reputation and the reputation of all of these gods is one of grace, power, and justice. She is not known as the Lady of Mercy for her cruelty. I would be wary. The way her lapdog introduced himself to us did not seem particularly friendly. 
I do not know about you, but anyone who threatens me at Sword Point does not necessarily seem friendly. Although, can you really put it too much above me to do something like that, Vamok? You have a point. But knowing you, the god version of yourself is just as likely to kill us as he is to help us. I suggest then we be cautious, at least until we can gain a bit more information by meeting Luna as she is here, or anyone else who is here. Did we get any sort of sense of the overall scale of this place that we were in as we were walking through? Like, were there other doors and corridors that we passed? Plenty. Okay. The double doors on the terminal end of the room open once more, and you glimpse again this enormous chamber that seems like a throne room of sorts. And this figure, Adaver, returns. His sword is drawn, and he places it point down and then rests his hands on the pummel, looking at all of you in turn and saying, <sighs> Other matters have arisen. You will speak with the Queen Goddess, Lady of Mercy, when she is ready. Until that time, you will be placed in solitary confinement and put under a magical sleep. You have no choice in this. Val looks to Rolander to be like, this is exactly what you're like. <laughs> you can technically say it to him through the telepathic. Just, just got, no, it's it's a look. It is like like in Shrek, the like look that Donkey and Shrek share. That is the, the face that Val makes at Rolander. Kelnias out loud says, very well, as you wish. But in the telepathic bond, she goes, Val's big brass balls. We're not doing that. <laughs> uh, Rolandier stepping forward slightly, just says, I can assure you, confinement, fine as that may be, you have no need to place a sleep upon us. We can behave ourselves. And he just stares at him and repeats, you have no choice in this. Rolandier to everyone in the telepathic bond just says, all right, five seconds to say I should just attack this guy right now. Anyone? Objections? Uh, Dominique immediately says, I don't know if that is a not you. Idea. <laughs> Dominique is put down. <laughs> the mock just cracks his neck and through the telepathic bond says, I'm ready when you are. A oh, bloomin' hane, please, boys, please disarm yourselves. And his hand, which had gone to the sword at his side, just relaxes slightly. What's the matter, Rolandier? Don't want to test his metal. Rolandier, still with his hand kind of hovering over his sword, just says, Where do we need to go so you can confine us? And Adaver says, You will be put under the spell here. What, and just drop on the floor? Wonderful. As soon as he says that, Rolander's going to attempt to charge and disarm him, slash attack, slash whatever. He's going to take a swing at the guy. Okay, roll for attack. Oh my goodness. Rolander's attack is an 18. Would that hit you, Rolander? It would. Barely. It does hit. Alrighty. Let's do this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Alright. So, we are... We're going to be putting everything we can into this little little attack swinging in with a mighty swing with his great sword. swinging in with the Four. mighty swing <laughs> with a mighty swing for 44 damage very nice you deliver this blow and in tandem Kelnias casts 
and intense spell as just this huge gust of wind blows out of air through these double doors and just sliding across the floor, the slick surface of the throne room. And she looks at all of you and says, well, if we're doing this, we're doing this. And she heads <laughs> through those doors. Nice. Orlander follows as quickly as possible. He's going to be ready to go. Hunched over his staff and holding on to Tim with absolute panic in his eyes. I forgot. Yeah, I was like, Dominic. <laughs> Dominique is rolling, you know, again, eyes wide, completely panicked. We just, like, attacked a god. Why are we doing this? <laughs> um, Val will grab Dominique and say, stay by me. I will make sure you stay alive. And then he will walk with Dominic into the room. An unsettling smile will spread across Vamok's face, and he's going to prowl forward. Everyone's in the throne room then? Yes. Yes. Once everyone enters, you hear the doors that you pass through shut and lock behind you. And a bluish gold shimmer kind of appears coming up from the ground and covering the doors and in fact lining the entire perimeter of the throne room itself and then Adaver stands <laughs> wonderful a chance to test my courage against a worthy foe he pulls a horn from his belt and he blows into it and on cue another warrior with the trappings of a sizable Demlik man clad in black plate materializes beside him wielding a large two-handed axe this is Baron the black sword servant, and by my hand and his, by the crimson blade, you will fall for your insolence. Roll initiative. Subtle biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled great, guys. I got a nat twenty on freaking initiative. Woo! Well, that should offset my nat one. I got nineteen. Twenty-five. Rolander got three total. Vamok got an eighteen. Mick got eighteen as well. Fourteen for Val. All right. The initiative order will be two players, Adaver, two more players, Kelnies, the last two players, and this new character, Baron. Dominique, he's going to turn to Val, who's presumably still next to him, he says. Mm -hmm. You know, when I said that they were known as compassionate, kind, uh, just people, I will not say that he is cruel, but this Baron is... Maybe an enforcer of the gods. Well, we have a bad habit of pushing our luck. Maybe for you. And Brynir is just going to go ahead and go into rage and charge at Adavir and try to grapple him. All right, what'd you get on your strength check? Adavir got a 28. 25. You are unsuccessful in grappling Adavir. How far away is Baron from the rest of the group? He's right beside Adavir. Okay, mm -hmm. Vamok will take action, and he's going to try to divide and conquer. He's going to cast a little Eldritch Bolt at Baron to separate him from Adaver. So for the three blasts, the attack rolls were 18, 26, and 14. Two of them hit. As soon as Brynyard tries to grapple with Adaver, Vamok springs into action, shooting forth three purpley-yellow beams. Two of them strike Baron square in the chest, knocking him back 20 feet and dealing a total of 12 damage. Oh. <laughs> I rolled the lowest that I could. Oh. I rolled two ones. But he is now zoned out a little bit. All right, it is Adaver's turn. And facing 
Brynir directly in front of him, he says, You bear a strange resemblance to Baron. No matter. And then he swings with his greatsword. Does a 19 hit? Nope. The first swing, Brynir is able to step aside. And then the second, in a sweeping downward motion with a 22. Oh, darn. Can I cast Silvery Barbs? What does that do? This it will force him to re-roll that d20 and use the lower number. Hmm. Nice. All right. So that was a uh, there. Then this next roll is a 19. Okay. So <laughs> no, 19 unnatural. So oh dang it! Oh, without his bonuses. Shucky darns. <laughs> so that will still be a hit. Um, I can still grant advantage to an ally. I will give that to Brynir. All right. As this sword slices across Brynir's chest, you will take 18 radiant damage. And as these sparks of radiant energy cut across your chest, they linger on your skin and you will take additional damage when you make a turn. All right, who's next? Uh, Val can go. Okay, this is some shenanigans, so forgive me. <laughs> um, I would like to create a major image around Baron of essentially like a block of concrete, but I don't think concrete exists, so a block of marble. Concrete existed in the time of the Romans. You can do concrete. Okay. <laughs> concrete it is. Um, so I would like to create a, an, an illusion of a block of concrete centered on Baron, and then I would like to use my bonus action illusory reality to make that real. Okay. That's Falster. <laughs> what happens? Exactly that. Who's next? So Mick gets into position and kind of uh, squats down a little bit, puts both of his hands towards Adavere and just smashes out of his hands. Firebolt. <laughs> um, and I assume that it hits. And let's roll them dice. 29 damage. All right, Adavere is struck with this firebolt as this flame explodes upon him. He takes a moderate amount of damage. Kelnias charges Adavere with her two short swords that she was able to get from the hidey hole. And she does miss with her first attack, but her second one hits. And she is able to deal 15 damage to Adavere with a hearty slash. Then Dominique decides... In for a penny, in for a pound, basically. He's not convinced that this is the best course of action. However, he's also not convinced that Adavera would not kill him anyways. So he grabs his staff and he places it against a plate on his left shoulder. We'll say a carved wood plate. And he presses his thumb into an impression on the side of the staff. And a giant fireball flies out of the staff towards Adavere, and he got a 26 to hit. It hits. Okay, this streaking fireball, it's a minute size. It's probably only an inch long, maybe an inch tall, but it streaks towards Adavere, smashing into his chest and dealing 26 damage. Nice. And that just leaves Rolandir. So Rolandir coming up behind this barrage of bolts and flames and various other things is going to reel back for another attack with his greatsword. And he attacks first with the 22. That is a hit. All right. And he comes in, it doesn't look like with actual full force. He, he deals 34 damage. And 
kind of pulling back from it, he says to Adaver as he's coming back, he just says, oh, come on, what's behind that mask? Afraid to show. And he gl- his blade gets this kind of golden tint to it. He's casting Staggering Smite as a bonus action. And if he gets to go again, if we're redoing the order... Well, Baron's going to go. Oh, that's right, that's right. Do you have two attacks, though? He gets two attacks, but his second attack is a bonus action, and so he took his bonus action as a casting the spell. Wait, so you're telling me you don't just have extra attack? You should have two attacks. Is that not what it is? You have a bonus action and an attack action that's two attacks. It's a special! (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I was under the impression this whole time it was a bonus action. All right. BOGO. You get a bonus action and an extra attack. What a special day. I'm going to use this pre-rolled attack that I was saving for later. Um, (laughs) It's actually legitimately a nat 20. And (laughs) so staggering smite, what that does is that on the next melee weapon attack that hits, I get to add some damage. And do you want to do the wisdom saving throw before the damage unveil? That's a 13. On the wisdom saving throw. All right. Where do I find what he has to be? Or do I just... It's probably more than 13. Okay, that's fair. Your spell save DC? Yeah. My spell save DC is 18. So, he fails that. So, on a failed save, Adavar now has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks, and he can't take reactions until the end of his next turn. Great. And the attack with the bonus damage there and the bonus damage from his uh, divine smite is 134. (laughs) Someone's been eating his Wheaties. (laughs) Delicious! And he delivers that blow as powerfully as as he can, (laughs) intending to try to hit, you know, the face, the neck, the mask, whatever. Just cause as much insult to damage as he can. You cleave a hideous gash through mask and armor, sending Adavare down to one knee. From inside this concrete block, you hear a muffled scream of frustration. <laughs> and then we're back to the top. Man, what a great idea <laughs> that was. a great was, turn though. from Baron. <laughs> Thank you. Is that a very out of combat kneeling or is... Nope. Okay. Get him while he's down. <laughs> <laughs> did, um, as the blade came in contact causing this gash, did more light, of you know, start pouring through that from what Lander could see? Yes, golden light. Not wasting a second. Relander's is going to reel back for yet another big attack. Oof. He kind of whiffs, and he gets an 11. <laughs> that will miss. All right, he was a little excited, and he's going to try to use the momentum to carry him through another attack, this time also whiffing with a 17. That will miss. And so Relander tucks his tail between his legs and takes a couple steps back. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't hit the guy who was kneeling on the ground unmoving? Smooth, Rolandir. Before uh, Adavir gets back up, Brynir would like to restrain him again. All right, go for it. 28. 15. Noise. Seeing Adavir go down to the ground and then Rolandir missing with his next swipes, Brynir just says, Wait a moment. We don't know what impact this has on the world. Let's try to take him down easy. And Brynir starts to try to choke him out. Why don't you just do a improvised attack then? See how much damage you do. 15. All right. 
that will have no effect. Well, it's now Adavar's turn. You feel, Brynir, as you just have him in, in this chokehold, that this armor covering him seems to almost expand in a strange way. And Rolandir, who's in front of Adavar, sees these cracks on the mask intensify as more and more of this radiant light pours out. And then the mask breaks in half and is blown apart. Anyone within a 30-foot cone in front of Adavar, which I believe is everyone but Brynir, you will please make dexterity saving throws. Well, I am sitting on the hefty number of five. 17 for V-Man. Rolander got a big old nat one. Oh, man. <laughs> 18 for Val. 18 for Mick. Mick, Val, and Kelniace are able to keep their footing. Rolandir and Vamok are knocked off their feet and blown back 10 feet. Rolandir and Vamok will take 27 damage. And Val, Kelniace, and Mick will take 15 damage. Dominique, sorry, will also get knocked back 10 feet and fall prone and take 27 damage. In the next instant, as this radiant blast erupts from Adavar's face, these bands of golden runic symbols surround his wrists, one with sort of a strange star pendant looking thing hovers above his head, almost like a halo, and great golden shimmering wings of celestial energy unfurl from his back. Brynir, if you would like to continue grappling him, make a strength saving throw. 30. You continue to hold on to Adavar as he lifts from the ground, about 20 feet in the air to be precise, and then these golden bands that are kind of rotating around his wrists, one of them clasps down and then seems to break apart as Brynir, just by means of being connected to him, you are going to receive 14 temporary hit points. Handy. And then Adavar seems to regain a significant amount of vitality. Boo. Okay, pros and cons. And that will be the end of his turn. I am going to cast Disintegrate. I would like to aim for his wings specifically. He makes a dexterity saving throw. 17. 18 is my DC. Woo! <laughs> okay. Hang on, let me roll up some some tasty damage here for you. 85. Ooh. The wings disintegrate and Adavir plummets downward, his fall being broken by Brynir. <laughs> Sorry, Brynir. <laughs> At least you got some temp HP out of it. <laughs> Adavir and Brynir will take fall damage. Only seven. As Adavir and Brynir are falling, directly where they are going to land... Vamak is going to get his hands, and it looks like he's straining a bit, but he's going to cast <gasps> Conjure Elemental and summon an Earth Elemental on the ground to attack from below as the angel falls from the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> this bipedal form wreathed in Earth appears below them as they fall. All right, then Vamak would like to say, attack him. What level are you using spell-wise? Uh, it's fifth level. Okay, you will get two attacks. I guess this guy's just clubbing out of here, trying to. I don't know what kind of bust this guy gets. It's a slam attack. Ah, the slam. It's your spell attack modifier to hit. Ugh, a 12 and a 13. Neither of those will hit. I'm going to use my, my, my lucky feet and reroll. <laughs> there you go. That's much better. That one was a 20. 
unnatural. Roll a d10 plus nine. Wow. Piss all for damage. 11 damage. <laughs> As this earth elemental bludgeons out of air. Kalniace, who managed to keep her footing, will continue her assault with her short swords. Her first attack misses. However, her second one does land yet again, and she deals 16 damage with a wicked slash against Adamir's chest, cracking more of this radiant plate armor that he's wearing. Upon seeing uh, Adamir sprout wings, rise elegantly, I think you could say gloriously, into the air, Dominique was overcome, really just with the grandeur of the moment. He kind of lowered uh, his staff towards the side, um, and he just absorbed it. And then he watched in abject horror as the two wings disintegrated into dust, and it looked as if the earth reached up to grab this angel from the air and slam it into the ground. And upon seeing that, he falls onto his knees and weeps. Mick would like to take this opportunity, if it's possible, and the position that he's in, to cast Power Word Stun. Okay. Mick, um, seeing Adaver in front of him, uh, just points his finger towards him and yells, Stop! As you speak this word of power, you see this like rapturous force just rack Adaver's body, and he collapses onto both knees, keeping himself up with his hands barely able to move, as it seems you've stunned him. You hear this barbarous shout that honestly shakes the ground at your feet, and one of the walls of this concrete structure is blasted apart from the inside, sending chunks of stone careening across the floor. As Baron, the black sword servant, steps forth and takes his two-handed axe in hand, spins around, and chucks it. At anybody in particular, or just kind of getting rid of it? Uh, everyone pick a number between one and six. I yeah, am lucky I number do. five. Half of ten. Rolandir's number four. Well, with that, the axe careens toward Rolandir. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a perfect hit smashes into you flooring you immediately, knocking you prone as the axe lodges into your side, dealing 39 damage. That is a minor wound. You will take negative two to any dexterity-related checks from now on after suffering this injury. All right, back to the top. Baron just climbed out of the hole in this wall, right? Correct. Well, the mock is going to cast Eldritch Blast at him and knock him back into the hole if he can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for the three bolts, the attack rolls are 29, 17, and 11. Two hit. Yes. Dealing 18 damage and pushing him back 20 feet. So, like, as this guy comes out and he, he's yelling and he swings and he throws that axe straight in it, like, totally gets Rolandir right in the chest. Three bolts go streaking back the way the axe came. Two of them knock Baron straight back into the hole, perhaps obscuring his vision if it's dusty over there. I'm not sure, but the movies tell me that concrete makes a lot of dust if you bust it open like that. Rocky's gonna go ahead and make a couple of 
couple of big old slammers, banana slammers at Adavir. <laughs> you do get advantage. Yeah. Sweet. 22 on both. Both of those slams hit as this earth elemental claps Adavir, dealing 23 damage as he feels himself slightly squeezed, almost as if it was a loving hug, but more violent. I would love to go and give Baron another kind of loving hug. I would like to cast Pass Wall on the floor underneath him, just like a little tiny bit wider of an opening than his body so that he falls into it, but then can't really move his arms. Well, I'm going to roll a dexterity saving throw to see if he does get pinned, and he definitely does not. So he just lands like this, like with his elbows. <laughs> Wait, can, can I silvery barbs that? <laughs> Very well. How many silvery barbs do you get? As many as I have spell slots. That is a 19. Is he just kind of like plugging the hole up though? Yeah, he's plugging the hole, but he's still got his elbows and arms outside and will be able to hoist himself out. I will grant my advantage to Rolandir. All right, out of air's turn, he's going to roll his constitution saving throw. And that is a beautiful natural 20. So he is no longer stunned. Rolandir, struggling to catch his breath after having this axe slammed into him. He's prone, correct? Correct. He glances over at Adivere. Still, did he stand up or is he still on his hands and knees? He's still on his hands and knees. Still on his hands and knees. And he just says, Now if only you could hit like that thing, then I might actually have some respect for you. And he's going to attempt to stand up with this big A axe in him. You stand up, takes half your movement. Am I within striking distance of Sir Adivere? Yes, you are. All right. Rolandir is going to conjure in his mind's eye ten of these spinning axes, feeling the pain that they inflict, the momentum with which they hit, and envision them all flying through the air directly into Adivere. He's casting intent. You want to materialize copies of this axe to attack out of air. You betcha. All right. Rolander's intent roll on the d20 is a 26. Okay. And the d100, 47. You fail. Your intent does not come to pass. He feels a little tingling, and then he realizes it's just the pain from this axe sticking in his side, and... That counts as your action. He's going to use the remaining uh, 15 feet that he has to kind of waddle with this axe in his side just giving some birth between both Adivere and Baron. Okay. Dominique has recovered from his overwhelming experience, and he sees Bernier trying to choke this guy out, and he thinks that's a pretty decent idea, and he sees Baron seemingly in a we don't have to kill you if you're stuck in a hole, though it's pretty cruel to stick a guy down a hole that's literally not wide enough that he can move it's 20 feet deep, so a little rough, but you know. So he is going to once again shoulder his staff pointing it at Baron this time and gonna miss. <laughs> um, trying to hit with a dandy 12. Calniace is going to perform intent and attempt to slick the ground with ice between Adavere and Baron, but just makes it wet. Mick, um, hoping and seeing if anybody's in front of him would like to, and if there are, will move to the side a little bit. But if there aren't, would like to cast Firebolt again towards Adavir. Go for it. Mick got 29. That's a hit. Okay, sweet. And I'll roll for damage and then... Uh, rolled 16, yes. All right, as this Firebolt impacts Adavir. 
And then Mick will also like to take a bonus action and award bardic inspiration to Rolandir. And with that, Mick doesn't have his loot with him, but we'll see a ditty. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mick, <laughs> Mick sings to Rolandir. Rolandir, let this inspire you to win. Rolandir. Please get rid of your freaky twin. <laughs> Dominic is once again overwhelmed by grandeur and turns to me <laughs> with a, a face full of joy. Brynir's going to once again try to do that choking sleep damage. Improvised attack. Sleep damage. 24. That hits. Okay, sweet. Dealing eight damage. Okay. You bring him eight damage closer to unconsciousness. You're getting there. Wait, can I do that again? Since it's an attack, technically? Yes. Give an extra yes! squeeze. 24. That is a hit. That one deals 7 damage. If he had eyelids, they would start to flutter. Now it's Baron's turn. Baron seems to do something similar when you see Brynir go into rages. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. And then moving at double speed, he just barrels toward Brynir. As he leaps at Brynir, he attempts to grapple you. <laughs> ah, the grapple, grapple the grappler. <laughs> like a bunch of hermit crabs changing shells. You're going to have disadvantage on this because you are currently in a grapple with someone else. And the number to beat is 23. Well, I got 23. All right. Nothing will change as he attempts to grapple you. You actually shake him off, sending him a little past you. And then he runs back and delivers a heavy blow to the side of your face. Just a really vicious right hook, dealing 15 damage. Val would like to add to the hermit crab grapple pile and um, <laughs> release this major image of the concrete that he had, and he's going to summon a big beast hand. I would like to assist in the grappling of Adavir and just, like, scoop him and give him a squish. So you're going to inflict damage? I can, if I, get, if I manage to grab him. Okay, so this is just straight-up grapple strength contest. Yes. Does he have disadvantage because he's being grappled? Yeah. Rad. All right. That will be then 27. I rolled a 27. And nothing changes. That's so sad. Okay. The hand's still there. Um, It's going to hang out. That's it for Val. Rolandir, having failed his last attempt to summon these axes, he's going to take care of the axe in his own side. He's going to attempt to rip it out. You will take two damage. And remove the axe from your side as this big thing simply drips your blood onto the polished floor. Adavir grits his teeth and says, I've had enough of this! And he casts Time Stop. I would like to try to counterspell that. Yeah! Yeah! All right. What a buzzkill, man. At what level? Well, it's, it's going to be fifth level. That's the highest I can cast my spells. How, do, how does counterspell work? It's a DC of 10 plus the spell's level. Time stop is a ninth level spell, so it'll be a DC 19. DC 19? So you will add just your spellcasting modifiers of just charisma. Luckily, Vamak is the most charismatic man I know. <laughs> That's a nat 20! <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we do not take kindly to being told what to do. <laughs> we are petulant children. <laughs> Then Adver is going to try to break free of Brynir's grapple with the remainder of his turn. 22 is the number to beat. 22. Woo! Dang, I'm matching you. And that will be the end of Adver's turn. 
Okay, V-Man is pumped that the counter spell actually worked. <laughs> so he is going to go. What he wants to do is he wants to take some of the water. He's just he's just using intent. He's going to take some of the water that Kelnius got on the ground earlier, and he is going to try to form it and freeze it into the shape of like a big old spear, icicle type thing. And then he's going to try to launch that as fast as he can at Adavir, like trying to like spear him straight through. And well, Brynjir has resistance. Um, <laughs> you can always do it in his side, so it goes straight through sideways. The water would be kind of behind it to the side of him, so yeah. Oh, okay. Then we're going to spear him through the side and spare Brynjir having to use that resistance. That is an unnatural 20 on the d20. Okay. And a 42 on the d100. Nice. That is exactly... I got a 62, so... You are within range. That is a success. How much damage does it do is the question, though. Um, well, it does more than six, which is <laughs> all the HP he had. So, Vamak, he sees Adavir's big burst of energy coming, and he, like, he puts out one hand, right, and just, like contains it, just shuts it down and then with the other hand he stretches it out and you can see it almost in slow motion the water rise up, you know in drips from the ground and then violently twist into a spear as it launches forward, straight through Brynjir's hand into Adavir's head and you see his head whip over to the side as this icicle is now sticking out both ends, completely impaling him and a bit of blood and water drips off the other side. And Vamak is, like, smiling this devilish smile. Like, something is going on, and he's probably not in a good headspace right now. As soon as this happens, you, you see Baron just yell as Adavir falls to the ground. He, and then he releases Brynir, saying, Damn you. Damn you all. The Crimson Blade will be avenged and then tosses a bone totem from his belt into the midst of everybody. All right, everyone is going to have to make charisma saving throws. Vamok got a 17. Rolandier got a 30. Dominique got an 18. 12 for Val. Mick got 24. 18 for Brynir. All right, as the bone totem impacts the ground, it explodes and quickly envelops a large radius in this swirling dark mist. Everyone caught in the mist seems to become as incorporeal as it, except for Mick and Rolandir, who resist its effects. This mist then fades, the bone totem shattered, leaving a dead Adavir, Baron, still panting at his side, and a stunned Rolandir and Mick, now alone, in this massive throne room. Everyone else, a sudden crack of thunder as lightning streaks across a black sky, and you are pelted with freezing rain. Slick obsidian and jagged formations beneath your feet, illuminated, reflecting a massive moon in the sky, though only a sliver as it's eclipsed by another enormous circular form looming above the world. Are we all in agreement that Rolandia stops making decisions from today on out? I would say his decision was the best he has made in a very long time. Can Brynir punch the mock? 